Hello, Texans. Welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you, soon to be joined by John Harris. D.P. Sidhu will be along later. We've got a big three-hour block for you tonight on many of these Texans radio stations, including, of course, the flagship Sports Radio 610 in Houston with Texans All Access on the way and Texans Matchup with Johnny Harris, The Late Show. Well, late in this case, meaning 8 p.m. That's a show you don't want to miss. He puts a lot of work into that, and it's a fun listen, no matter what the situation is. And you know what the situation is. Washington coming in here on Sunday. Salute to service day. We'll start with Obo Okoronkwo, and then we'll get to Dare Ogunbowale. It's an all-Nigerian night here, Nigerian descent night on the Texans Players Show. But let's start it out as Johnny and I visit with Obo. All right, joining us right now in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, Obonio Okoronkwo. Welcome, Obo. Hello, thanks for having me. All right, so I got the correct pronunciation of your you name. You did that well. Obonio. You did that well. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's Sorry, good. Obo. I'm going straight Obo. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, We I during the game when I'm doing the play-by-play, I just say Obo because we're in the heat of battle there, and I don't want to screw it up, but uh, I've got it. It's good, and we have Dari on the show also tonight, so this is great. And you guys are cousins, right? Or not really? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we outing you right now? Yeah, we're, we're, we're cousins. Uh, we're quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, quotation marks. <laughs> that Nigerian connection is strong. Well, you've had participation in the NFL camp in Africa, right? Oh, yes, sir. With OC and those guys? Yes, sir. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. What is that like for you to go over there? Uh, it, was, it was really cool. It was an honor to be able to go to Africa and, and you know, do the first, like, a real official American football there, you know, go and throw that combine. It was really cool. How often had you been over there? Was it the first time you did something like that? Uh, that was the first time I've done something like that there. Would you go back and do it again? And what was what was the most rewarding part of going over there and doing that? I'll definitely go back. And the most rewarding part, I think, was just giving those guys who wouldn't have got that opportunity otherwise, you know, opportunity to really show what they could do. So when you're sitting over there and you're trying, I mean, were these were these individuals that had never seen football had played other sports. What what was kind of the situation for you when you went over there? Did they know anything about football? Uh, they they knew some, but a lot of them were basketball players, so it translated uh, really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so pretty good athletes. Very good athletes. How was it to teach the game to people that really didn't know it? Um, it, it was it was interesting because you know uh, it threw out all rules that they knew of the sports that they regularly played. You know, so right. So it was cool. It was like just uh, I guess playing with like a like a blank canvas. You yeah, know? yeah, just being able to like give them all their foundations to the game. It was cool. Very cool. Well, in Senegal, there's an NBA academy, right? Mm -hmm. Do you foresee a day where we'll have an NFL academy, something more permanent over there in Africa? 100%. That's the goal for NFL Africa uh, when it's all said and done, you know. Have have an academy with a pipeline. There already is a pipeline. It'll just get a lot bigger, a bigger pipe. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. And there obviously has been a significant connection here in Houston. You grew up, you went to Aleph Taylor. I was sharing this beforehand. Um, I'm so old that when I went to high school, the market consolidated, we didn't even play Aleph Taylor. We played Elsick and Hastings because Taylor didn't even exist. Back when you were Mm. playing, you you had a few you had a few players on your roster at A Leaf Taylor, did you not when you were growing up? Yes, sir. Who did you have on your roster that ended up I wanna say you had an NFL player in that roster? Who did you uh, have yeah, in that I, roster? I just played him a couple weeks ago, Joshua Kalu. Oh, Josh oh, Kalu yeah. was on your roster. Uh, yeah, for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he was on my roster. He he played returner, safety, yeah. quarterback. He, he he was just an athlete for us. Okay, so I'm gonna ask a question that I'm sure a lot of people in the state of Texas would wanna know. Why did you pick Oklahoma? Instead of maybe a school in Texas. Because it's a Texas on? school, basically. Well, it go, is. Go on, Obo. I'm sorry. Was it a tough decision to go to Oklahoma? 
Uh, when I, I mean, when I visited, I knew I wanted to go there. Uh, I felt like they had everything I, I needed, and they were going to get me to the next level. So, What was the biggest thing that sold you on Oklahoma? Was Coach Stoops still there when, he, yeah, when you were there? I think it was Coach Stoops, just uh, how, the way he was, he's able to connect with his players. You know, it was mm-hmm. you knew you are going into a family-oriented family, to, a family oriented team, you know. It's a nice campus, too. A lot yeah, of people don't realize how nice it is yeah. there. Yeah, it's All beautiful. Right. Uh, so tell me about the story of you taking up football as a sport, right? Did your father not want you to play? I thought I read something like that. Uh, I wouldn't say he didn't want me to play, but he didn't want me to play for, for like for nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't want me to just play just to play. He wanted me to focus on school. Okay. You know? So when I started playing, um, I guess I didn't tell them, you know, <laughs> outright because I didn't want them to, like, stop it before it started, you know. So uh, I only started playing because one of my coaches – who's also my health teacher, thought I should play, you know, and I was just like, mm, I, I'll, I'll give it a try, you know. Were you doing other sports before that? No, you know, I was I was a little artsy kid. Okay. Yes. What <laughs> kind of art? Tell us. Uh, I liked writing. I loved mm-hmm. music. I liked taking pictures. Um, but I was doing stuff like that. Uh, I was skateboarding a little bit, too. And your health teacher says, you know what? Football. Yeah, and I was just like, mm. All right. <laughs> give it a shot. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. And that's pretty amazing. Like, give it a shot. All right. And you just go to the NFL with it. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's taking and doing the best with your particular shot. Okay, so I'm going to ask this because you said you're, I've got a number of my wife is an art teacher, was an art teacher. She's an artist. My daughter's an artist and acting and all that kind of stuff. So when you get on the field, where do you, where do you have to go mentally to kind of find that football violence that you need to have out on a field like what where did that come from to be able to find that and be that successful on the defensive side of the ball for not having played growing up I think um I think when I play that's like that's like my alter ego you know like because in, in that's obese yeah uh-huh because in real life I'm super I'm, I'm soft-spoken I'm yeah not, I'm not really too loud you know but but when I'm on the field I, I'm running around screaming and you know, I don't even know who that guy is on Sunday. But you didn't start playing until relatively late in high school. So was it a surprise to you when that came out between the lines, that side of your personality? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, and as I got more comfortable, it got a little, it got a little crazier. You know, so it was, <laughs> it was fun to to meet that side of me, I guess. <laughs> but if you're an artsy guy and you're into writing, and it, I'm not saying you're putting on an act because obviously it's been pretty successful. But it's almost like you're stepping out of your body. You're going into a different role, is it not? Yeah, yeah, you could, you could say that for sure. That's interesting. I mean, I never, never really thought about that because you just see guys that go on in a field, and especially on defense, when they're defensively dominant, like, man, you see the violent hands, you see everything, and you would think, okay, that guy grew up playing a game, and that obviously is not. When did you, when did you start as a senior? Junior year. Junior year. That's when you first was it the first time you had played football or had you dabbled in it before? I, I, I dabbled in it like but just wasn't it wasn't really for I didn't really think it was for me. And so no football coaches walked the hallway and were like, come on, man, come on. They was, weren't in your ear at all. Because I know a lot of football coaches I, that would have been in your ear a I, long time before I that. I didn't hit my growth spurt until like end of sophomore year, yeah. you know. So then I like shot up to like six one, six two. And then it was like, Okay, who's this guy walking through the hallways, you know? Yep, at A-Leaf Taylor, they're like, hey, so you go to Oklahoma, and did you think NFL right away, or did you think this could happen, or were you just trying to get acclimated to college ball and college Honestly, I was still trying to get acclimated to ball in general, Mm -hmm. so I I think I learned most of my, like, my football knowledge in in Oklahoma, you know, playing there, and I think after the first couple years, I saw the NFL was, like, definitely, like, a possibility, you know, so... 
That's amazing to think about. Your game the other day against the Giants, I told Coach after the game, because I'm, I'm always in Mark's ear talking to him, even though if I'm not on the air, I'm still talking to him, so I kind of help him with who's making tackles, who's making plays. I said your name a bunch against the Giants. It felt like it was the most impactful game you've had. Was there something that clicked or just – that was your that was your day. What's been kind of been going on? Because that was probably your best performance, I feel like, this year, Obo. I'll say just trusting the scheme, you know, just uh playing hard and um just trying to empty the tank, you know, but within the guidelines of what the defense is asking for, you know. Um the defense is like it's made for us to, for like a D line to yeah. like, you know, make a bunch of plays behind the line of scrimmage or you know, put us in position too. So You said something right away that I always think about. Trust the scheme. Mm-hmm. How how tough is that for players to be like, okay, coaches wanted me to do this, but my natural instinct says this. But you know what? I got to trust me. How tough is that to trust the scheme? I mean, yeah, it's tough, you know, because uh, I feel like everybody feels like they see they see something, you know. But it's like if you if you just trust the scheme, you know, and you do it consistently more times than not, like good things will happen for you. Yeah. Obo Okoronkwo with us. All right, so you were Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and now OU is going to go into the SEC. Do you have feelings or a reaction about that? <laughs> uh, I think we're going to dominate the SEC just like we dominate the Big 12. Ooh. All right. Well, that's why t- this year's a little bit of a down year. Yeah, you know, we're just back. figuring it out. BV, got, he got this. We got faith in, in, in Brent Venables. Was Brent there when you were there? Or was no, he gone? He was no, already I missed him. Yeah, I missed him on his way to Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you missed him on his, on his way to Clemson. What about, Stoops? what about Stoops filling in as the interim after Lincoln Riley left last year during bowl season? That was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, uh, uh, Bob Stoops, he's, uh, he's one of those guys uh, – you can you can call him off the couch and he can go coaching in the Rose Bowl if 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 asked to you know. I you like, played that you played that Rose Bowl was that that was your final your 2017 was your final season yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. that was my last college game. So you, how often do you think back to that night? Uh, I, a lot. I'm sick about it still. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> this is why I asked yeah. because we remember the great wins and the great sacks and the great plays, but that one, the one that got away, double overtime. Yeah, in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Can you just see plays over and over again as you look back to I can see that, that last play. Oh, like I, I see that play all the time. Every time I see a toss crack, I think about that play. Ooh. That was the play they ran. Yeah, that was the last play of the game. Oh, man. And we've seen toss crack this year a yeah. few times, too. Oh, my goodness. Obo, you were part of a Super Bowl team last year, right? Yes, so here you are with the Houston Texans and a lot of young players. It's a struggle right now. We've got eight games left in the regular season. What do you say to the young players? You're a leader on this team. What do you say to the young players about hanging in there and keep pushing and keep doing your best, and the good times will start coming at some, at yeah, some just point? As long, as long as there's a shot, like, we need to just, you know, play as hard as we can, you know. Um, there's a lot of talent, a talent, a lot of young talent. You know, these guys are going to be really good players for a long time. You know, I just tell them right now, like, like just just try to, like, trust trust everything, trust everybody, play as hard as you can, and, like, good things will happen, you know. Uh, we work really hard uh, every day at practice, you know. So like, eventually something something you know some, if if we stay consistent something has to has to go in our favor you know and that's all we try to preach to them. Okay, let's get to the actual real question. How did you feel when you opened the ring box and saw your Super Bowl ring? <laughs> Is that a pretty good day? Yeah. Uh, did it blow you away when you open up and look at it? Yeah, it like, did. It, it did. And I, when I saw how big it was. Mm. I was just like, wow, like... Is it even wearable, Oboe? I mean, is it the size of a small hand? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like an egg. It's like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an egg on your <laughs> I can't remember. Does it twist off? Does it pop off? Oh, yeah, it, it twists off, and it shows the, uh, inside of SoFi Stadium, Stadium where, where we actually won the game. 
So, you, which is at your home. How, mm-hmm. I would imagine for everybody who thinks about Super Bowl, they go to a different location, but you actually plant your home stadium. What was that like? That was super cool. You know, after the game, like, we're already with our families. Yeah. You know, got yeah. to just go go to dinner. It was cool. It was really, it was a really nice night. That is really interesting. You're with your families. You get to sleep in your own bed. You don't you have want to fly an egg back. on your finger. You, get mean, the, the, you don't get the egg that night, John. Yeah, you don't get it at night, but still. Yeah. Aaron Donald showed everybody he had he had yeah. his thoughts. I mean, that was the first thing he thought about was I made a sack, I get a ring. I mean, it was that simple. You he get, did the math. You get it later on. Oh, yeah. well, message for the fans here because, like we said, eight games to go. You got a home game this Sunday against Washington, a team that won on Monday Night Football against Philly, previously undefeated. And I know you're familiar with that team, so familiar with the tape. What do you have to say to the fans as we get ready for Sunday? Um, we're really close. This team is uh, really competitive. Uh, we got a lot of fight in us. There's a lot of a lot of season left, you know. So, you know, just stay the course with us. We're we're gonna get it together. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck, Obo. Thank you. Obo Okoronkwo here on the Texans Players Show. And coming up, Daria Gunbuale running back. He's done a lot of good things so far. Former Texan, current Texan. He's been a lot of places. We'll get into it with him next here on Texans Radio. Let's get right back to it here on the Texans Players Show with, as promised, running back Dare Agunbuale. Getting more action lately on the field. Good special teams player. He was with the Texans in 2017. We'll get into that. He was with the Jaguars last year. We'll get into that. Let's just get into the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio and visit with Dare. Great to have you with us. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this visit. Thanks. And you're getting more snaps on offense, which is cool. I know you're a special teamer extraordinaire, but that's really cool. You got some action in the Giants game, made some plays. That must have felt good. Absolutely, man. Anytime you get a chance to help the team win, uh, whatever the role is, is great. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I'm getting a chance. And this is actually your second stint with the Texans. We were looking at some of the teams that you've played with before. You've had two stints with multiple teams where you're mm-hmm. with the team, you left the team, you come back to the team. So what was it like this year for you to come back to the Texans for a second time? It was cool. I mean, really, the only similarity was being in Houston. You know, the uh, whole regime's different. Well, being in Houston and being with John Weeks. But besides yeah. that, <laughs> besides that, everything else, exactly, everything Everybody's else really, different. everyone was new. Everything's different. The locker room looks different. But um, getting a chance to be back here where it all started was real cool. How do you handle that, Dari, just emotionally, psychologically, when you're not sure where you're going to be? You were with the Texans, then the Bucks, then Washington, then the Bucks, Jags, and the Texans. So that's got to be strange to go through all of that. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, in the time it is, looking back on it, um, it's just a bunch of memories, you know, it's a bunch of different cities I got to live in, diff- different people I got to meet. But, yeah, it definitely was a, at the start of my career just the uncertainty. Um, but um, as I kind of got my, my footing in the league and um, kind of started making plays, getting my role around the league, it's been good. And um, I, I kind of d- wouldn't want to train the journey. It's, it's been awesome. So when you come back for a second time, do you go back to living where you were living? It was 2017 that you were here last, right? Do you go back to living in the same place or do you're like, no, I'm, everything's different. I'm going to try something different. This nah, time. it was uh, I got a little more money now. Back then I was kind of. Um, living in a different spot, but um, now I'm 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 liking the way I live now. What about with Tampa? Because you were there twice, and you had a little gap in between. How'd you handle that living situation? See, the first time I was in Tampa was very short time, so uh, I was really only I think I was in the team hotel for that because oh, it was okay. only for about mm. two weeks. Um, so I, st- I stayed in the team hotel for that two weeks, and then obviously when I got back there there for a couple of years after that, so I had to find my own spot. 
And then Washington and then Tampa again. Wow. And the Jags, you faced the Texans as a Jaguar. And I think you might have faced the Texans as a Buccaneer as well in 2019. I don't know if you played in that game. But that's got to be strange to face the Texans after being with the Texans, then being with the Texans again. Yeah, I wouldn't say strange. It's more more fun just to get a chance to play against your friends. You know, I mean, obviously – at the time, I, I had a bunch of guys that were still on the Texans that I remember playing with, and, and same with playing against the Jags a couple of weeks ago. You know, just you get a chance, you make these relationships. You, I mean, you you guys are all battling during camp, battling during the season um, to win games, and then you get a chance to play against these guys, and and it's fun. You know, it's a lot of a lot of fun trash talk on the field, so it makes it a lot more fun. The running backs room is so different from when you were here last time. Last time you were a rookie, you were a young player. Now you're a vet among the group. I've heard a lot of the running backs uh, and and fullback Troy Hairston as well just talking about how much they've really leaned on you for support and just getting to know the run game. So what's that like to be in a, in a group of guys like Rex who've been around the league and then two young, really energetic guys like um, like you have in Damian and in Troy? Uh, me and Rex joke about it all the time. They keep us young, man. It's, it's dope to be a part of it. Um, just one of the success they're having. I mean, obviously Damian's a – very special back but Troy too I mean he's very very talented he's made a lot of plays for us on fullback and special teams so just being around them um kind of feeding off their energy their youth and um but at the same time trying to help steer them in the right direction make sure they know what they're doing they know um kind of what it takes to have success in this league just because I feel like both of those guys could play in the league for a long time uh, Troy switched from linebacker to fullback. You made a similar transition, but in college, right? You were cornerback to running back. Yep. Does that help you sort of identify some of the some of what the transitions like with him, or do you, do you lean on some of that experience in talking to him? Definitely, and especially when it comes to special teams. Just me, a guy like me and Troy, obviously, we're also core special teamers, um, and, and just having that defensive background, I can kind of tell him kind of in, in defensive terms, some mm. of the techniques that he could use um, to kind of get an edge on the, uh, the person he's going against. So, um, and it's been good for me and him to have those conversations. And I feel like he's had a lot of success. So Danny Barrett is your coach. Is there a lot of lobbying Danny Barrett for carries? Who do you have to lobby for carries? Pep Hamilton? How do you handle that? Because I imagine Troy wants the ball too. He wants to have a few carries. There are <laughs> only so many few, to go around. Right. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, if you find out, let me know because I, <laughs> I would love to know the secret to getting some carries in his office. You should talk uh, to Traymon Smith because exactly. he got a carry last year. Uh, the wild oh, yeah. cat. Yeah, yeah exactly. the wild tray. So we he's, we he's, need to see that. We wild somehow got, he somehow got himself on the field for that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I got to figure that out too. So um, you guys, let me know. Against Vegas, you we saw you late in the game. Uh, I don't know if Rex was banged up, but you were in late in the game. The game was sort of um, out of hand at that point. But you had some nice plays, uh, really made an impact when you were in there. And and we've heard from Levy Smith and Pep Hamilton about what it's like when you are in there on offense. How much does it help just being a veteran? And I imagine it's got to be hard because you can't really get into a rhythm when you sort of get thrust into the game. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, when you're kind of when you, when you go through your career knowing that you're not the starting guy, you kind of have that um, mentality that you always got to be ready, you know. So um, late in the game, early in the game, you know, Coach DB says, hey, Dari, get in there. You know you got to make some plays, and, and you don't really have an excuse to say I'm not warm or anything just because that's kind of been your role, you know. So um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily hard to get going, but um, I, I would say that uh, being in the rhythm, I guess, is tough just because those guys have been able to feel out the way the defense is playing. You kind of got to just um, feel it out by watching. Um, but when you get out there, you, you I mean, instinct kind of takes over. You can make some plays.
I mean, is that what's most impressive about Damian, just being a rookie, how he's able to sort of get a feel for the defenses? I've also heard that he sets up blocks really nicely for the guys around him. Like, Definitely. he can sort of anticipate which way the run's going to go. He's got a really nice vision right. uh, for a rookie as well. But what, what's impressed you about Damian? I mean, a lot. I mean, a lot. He's. I mean, one, he's just a playmaker. I mean, at the end of the day, um, whether you're – know know what you're doing whether you have the experience um it comes down to making plays and Damian he, he makes a lot of plays and and obviously he runs hard but he has this real knack you know it's, it's kind of like a savviness to him that um he can kind of uh, move his body in a way right before contact that he's able to bounce off a lot of tackles and it's it's pretty impressive I me mean, guys like Kamara do it um so you see Damien he is just real impressive how he's able to just have this contact balance and like you said he's just real poised back there obviously um when you see rookies, I mean, a lot of things can kind of get them rattled. But Damien, he's real poised, and um, you you see you see a lot of, like I said, a lot of comfort when he's back there. So it's cool to see um, as, as an older player, and I look at him like a little brother. So I'm just real proud of him, just how he's kind of settled in his role. Daria Gunbowale with us. Uh, one more on that though, hesitation. That's what I can't believe. The angry runs, that's amazing in itself. Obviously, that's probably the most amazing thing. But the hesitation, the ability to stop and wait that split second and then go, that's got to be incredibly difficult. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just a change of pace. He's got a real real good change of pace, good change of tempo. And um, like I said, it's, it's almost as if he's been in the league for a while the way he's able to do it. I think somebody asked him a few weeks ago about missed tackles because he's obviously racking up a lot of – Miss tackles, he gets guys to miss, and 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 his explanation for how he gets guys to miss, he said, "Well, if I see somebody coming this way, I just go whoop, and then he sort of, you know, motion to the opposite direction. If the, if the guy's coming this way, I go whoop, and then he goes the other way. Like it's almost like he, he that's how he sees it. It's that simple. Is yeah, it, exactly. Is it instinctive to make guys miss like it, that? It's definitely an instinct thing. I mean, there's no there's no real drill, you know, to to kind of instill that technique. You know, he he just. It's just he has a knack for it. He has a knack for making guys miss. And like I said, a few players have it, and um, he's got it. All right, so you're in year six, but Rex Burkhead is in year 10. <laughs> year 10. So yeah. what does he add as far as that veteran leadership? And you say you guys talk and joke around a bit, of course, but I know that he probably has a lot to share with all players about staying in the league for a long time. Mostly – as far as that, just staying in the league, just how to take care of your body, how to prepare for games, you know, mm -hmm. how to make sure that every Sunday you're ready to be out there, ready to be available. Because that's, I mean, that's been the name of his career. He's just been able to be out there and make plays. And um, he's won before, man. It's, it's very few you able to be in the same room as you, just someone who's had the success that Rex has had. And so, I mean, we just are all sponges to Rex. You know, anything he says, we listen to. Any time, I mean, he, he's got this way of remembering plays. And, and so he'll, like, uh, kind of echo the way that he remembers a play and how it hits his brain. And we'll all be writing down like, as if he's our coach. You know, it's just it's just great to have somebody like that in the room that uh, we can all look up to, for one, and that we're all real close to as if he's a brother. So it's cool. That is very cool. That's a great quote right there. All right, so Danny Barrett is the running back's coach. And do you guys ever talk about his quarterback days in the CFL or anything like that? Do you ask him about that stuff, or is yeah, that just too old school? No, no, we ask about it all the time. One, we actually were just talking about it because we were asking how he used to deal with the cold weather up there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Dan, he loves – I mean, he's a quarterback, man. I actually crack a joke because uh, when I was coming out for my pro day – 
um, he was at Pro Day. He was with the Dolphins, but he was at my Pro Day, and he was throwing the ball, and I I thought he was going to break every finger I had. He was Ooh. throwing the ball so hard. <laughs> so, no, Danny, he, he definitely likes to um, – or we like to ask him about his glory days when he was a quarterback just because, I mean, like I said, you played nine years. I mean, it's, it's hard to do that. So he definitely to try to soak up the knowledge he has. Who else was at your Pro Day that we would know who's in the league? Player-wise? Yeah. Uh, I mean, T.J. Watt, Ryan Ramchick. I actually had a pretty mm-hmm. good class wow. of guys coming out of Wisconsin. T.J. Watt, Ryan Ramchick, Corey Clement. Um, uh, so, there was one other guy from a smaller school that joined. I think. So we have vague guy. familiarity here with the Watt family, as you know. Just a little bit. Uh, just a little, just bit. A little bit. So T.J. in college, what was he like? He was an animal. He was an animal. I mean, he was very competitive. He started off as a tight end. Um, but even at tight end, he was real competitive. Um, and then he obviously moved to the end. And it was. What is it with these Watts starting out at tight end and moving to the like, end? Don't they learn their lesson? Just start <laughs> yeah. on defense already. Right, Did you exactly. not see your brother become all world? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Change over earlier. Right, right. But yeah, no. So he yeah, he, was, he was a great guy, great friend, um, great teammate for sure. Did, did he have to live in J.J. Watts' shadow? Because, I mean, it's not like J.J. was there 100 years before him, but. It seemed uh, like he had to sort of outlive it in the NFL, but was it that way at Wisconsin as well? Well, at Wisconsin, I mean, it was J.J. and Derek because Derek, he was there at the oh, same true. time too. So, um, yeah, T.J., he was just kind of the third Watt brother up until really junior, senior year when he just is tackling every quarterback in the Big Ten. And then, obviously, he goes on to be a first-round draft pick. But, um, yeah, he uh, – I wouldn't call it a shadow just because he was playing so well. But, um, yeah, he definitely – he had that JJ around him, that JJ over his head. Did you go to the combine? Yeah, yeah. you did. How how was that experience for you? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was a stressful period. Obviously, um, you feel like any action you you take, anything you do, impacts your draft status. Right. And so you kind of get brainwashed. But no, it's a it's an interesting. I, I mean, it was a great experience meeting a lot of other running backs around the league. Some of the guys that. Um, you watched in college that you were like, oh, I want to get to meet them. You get to meet them. Um, but as far as the whole business side of um, football, that's kind of your first experience, first exposure to it, and it sucks. You feel like everybody's poking at exactly. you, the physicals, exactly. all of that. How many physicals do you have to take at the combine? Um, a bunch. I mean, so I was coming – I came into the league. I was uh, still rehabbing a torn meniscus. Ooh. So they they, they had a field day with that. They loved yeah. that. So um, every doctor wanted to – to feel up on my knee, so um, yeah, it sucked. Like I said, did you go through a lot of interviews at the combine? Yeah, well, so I went to the uh, East West Shrine game, so I got a lot of my interviews done oh, there. Okay. So they didn't have to double back with me. A lot of the combine interviews are guys that usually like juniors and stuff like that. But um, I, so I didn't. I had a couple at the combine. Most of mine were at the Shrine game. Are they right? as weird as everybody says they are? The combine mine interviews. Mine weren't weird. Mine weren't weird. I had. Okay. I did hear about some other guys having some weird ones. Mine. I'd have had normal questions. Yeah, normal I'm questions. always fascinated by what they they, they yeah. try to mm. just catch you off guard. And yeah, they had some regular. F- See, they for me. So I had the highest wonderlick. This is a little fun fact. I had the highest oh, wonderlick. Okay. Um, uh, as with running backs, so they really just kind of were asking me football questions. They just wanted to kind of test my football IQ. Um, but I did hear about some guys getting some weird questions though. Yeah. The oh, highest wonderlick. I would put that on my. I would put that on your Wikipedia page. I would wear a hat that says <laughs> highest wonderlick. A t-shirt. Yes, of course. Daria Drew Doherty likes to do a walking wonderlick at the combine. Yeah. obviously, um, he goes with us to the combine. And he just asks people on the street, and the the, the question, the real question for the wonderlick, it just stumps your average person. The, yeah, this one Were you surprised questions. that you did well on it? Are you like good at math and story problems? I wouldn't say I was surprised. I was. I guess I'm surprised to have the highest wonder league as among running backs. But I, I didn't think I would. I didn't think I'd do bad on it though. Okay.
More on Dare Agunboale's journey coming up here on the Texans Player Show. Stick around. We have Texans All Access later and Texans matchup with John Harris. Big night here on Texans Radio. Back with the Texans Player Show and with Dare Agunboale. Let's get back into the conversation we picked up after he went to the Combine in his rookie year. And the Texans picked him up and took him to a special place. All right, so you go to the Combine, and then you're with the Texans. You went to the Greenbrier with us, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you about the rookies now because I talk about this. Everything you went through as a rookie up till the Combine, you mentioned the East-West Shrine game. That's another physically taxing thing. You end up at a camp, even before camp, OTA stuff, then camp. These rookies right now, college body clock says we got a game or two left and then the bowl. Pro body clock says you have eight games left in the regular season. Right. What is that like for them at this time of year? It's definitely been it's a grind for the rookies, man, because they've 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 been going since their bowl game. Like you said, they've been going since their bowl game and they didn't get a true off season, you know, and, and like I said, the whole mental gymnastics of preparing to be a rookie in the NFL. Um but I always, I always, me and Rex always joke about it. They're still rookies. They, they're still young. They still got these rookie bodies that they're mm -hmm. able to just run all day. So it's kind of a, a, a sliding scale with that mm -hmm. just because, like, the, it's mentally taxing for sure. Like I said, they've been at it for a long time, but they are lucky and blessed to have these young bodies that they're still able to kind of push, push farther than a lot of guys could. What do you remember about your rookie experience at the Greenbrier? It was fun. It was fun. Um, it was kind of interesting that my first camp was at the Greenbrier, and um, all of the rookies are kind of going through it together, and uh, they get the rumors that the Greenbrier is haunted. So you did. Yeah. Was your room haunted? Mine wasn't, but I would hear about. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Mine wasn't, but some guys would say in the middle of the night their faucet turned on. I'm yeah. like, come on, bro. I'm not trying to hear that. But <laughs> that's just um, old play. <laughs> you feel me? But no, it, it was a fun experience, though. Obviously, having the joint practice with the Patriots was cool uh, as a rookie, getting to mm -hmm. um, see that whole deal. But um, I guess Rex would have been. Was Rex part of the he Patriots? He probably year? was with the Patriots right then. 2017. Yeah. I think he yeah. Been. I'll we were only check. there for a few years. But yeah, I, I forgot about the Because 16, it was still with the Bengals because they played us on Christmas Eve in that mm. division clincher game. Yeah, so, well, there it was, the Greenbrier. I'd love to go back there, by the way. Just on the record note, love to go back to the Greenbrier if it's just up to me. Did DB you like does the Greenbrier? I, I, I hated it, but go ahead. Did you like the Greenbrier? It was beautiful. I mean, it was real fun. I, at the time, I really wasn't much into golf, but uh, I wish I would have <laughs> been able to golf out there now, um, looking back on it. But, um, yeah, it, it was beautiful. Definitely the, the mountains and stuff like that. It was good weather, and it was nicer than being in hot Houston. For yeah, the, the weather's good. It, the Greenbrier itself was really nice outside of practice and everything else. I mean, you guys probably were exhausted, right. but. You don't it's like bears, exactly, golf. Exactly. Not much yeah, to do not bears. <laughs> there were bears. There were, we saw bears. There, there were, we did we see saw bears, bears on the road. So I uh, wasn't going outside by myself. All right. Daria Gunbowale with us. All right. So you mentioned golf, and you're wearing a Vibes golf club <laughs> hat. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. you got to say it the way you said it when you saw Daria. All right. So you have to room. see the hat. I'm going to give you the audio version of this. It's all caps, V-I-B-E-Z. And I said, Vibes, <laughs> as if making it all caps would explain that. No, it's that. true. If it's if it's in a capital V and lowercase, I don't think I would have done that. Instead of that Vibes, and now we're all gonna say Vibes. As Dari said, you it's like Target. You could have lost the vibes. E and just done V I B Z vibes. That's not how you spell vibes. Though. But that might have been vibs. No. Okay, so anyway, tell me about the Vibes Golf yeah, so Club, Dari. Vibes Golf Club. Uh, me and nine other. Uh, classmates from college um teammates classmates we uh we started it um last year in june and it's basically a 
a kind of a club. I mean, we call it a club, but it's really a movement kind of to mm -hmm. kind of um, expose kids to golf that haven't been exposed to golf. I mean, because me and, uh, like I said, some of my teammates, we we got into golf and we started having a great time. We're like, why why did it take us until I'm 25 years old to to be able to start playing golf? And why, why didn't I get to experience this when I was younger just as I did play football, soccer, basketball? And um, so we, we decided to do this and um, we kind of caught traction right away from the PGA. Um, PGA um, showed us a lot of love, bringing us to Ooh. tournaments and events. And then we've been hosting our own events. Um, as you can see, we've kind of got our logo on hats and a lot mm -hmm. of different um, clothing products. So it's been great so far. And um, I mean, this upcoming year, it's upcoming off season, we have a lot of big things planned. So I'm looking forward to it. How can people get more information on the Vibes Golf Club? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so we got vibesgolfclub.com, obviously, our Instagram handle, Twitter handle. So we, um, and like I said, we've got a lot of things in the works right now so that once the off season pops, um, things can kind of get into motion. But um, like I said, right now, we just, um, a lot of merch roll out and a lot of events. So um, we uh, just had an event at the end of at, at the end of all season we had one in wisconsin and we're mm -hmm. going to have a charity event in denver uh, melvin gordon he's also a member and he's going to be hosting a charity event um at top golf in denver and um like i said once the season ends um the off season we got a lot of things planned i love that melvin gordon is listed as the director of social media yeah, yeah. that's like his off season job yeah, yeah, exactly. the golf club director yeah. of social media uh how did you guys all come together is this something that you know that the, these guys also enjoy golf later in life and felt like maybe it wasn't accessible to them. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, like I said, so there's not there's ten of us. Nine of us played football at Wisconsin, and one of us or one of them, Noe, he was um, just our homie. He was always with us, but he's really the one that kind of had the idea because he was starting to get into golf a lot, and um, he lived out in San Diego, and him and Melvin used to kick it a lot when Melvin was on the Chargers, and um, he he got into golf, and he was like. You saw that we were also getting into golf. Me and Melvin would go to golf, and we terrible swings, but we gamble and have a great time. Yeah. And he, he saw that we were getting into it, and he was like, yo, I have this idea um, that we could do something. And we're all, all three of us are from Wisconsin, but um, we've got guys that play or that played with us. They're from Ohio, guys from Florida. Um, so we were we were like, yeah, we could do this. And um, we're all close. We're all real good friends. And we were like, it would be easy. You know, it would be easy to do something like this just because it's us. We're just out on the golf course having a good time, and we're not – really pushing people to play golf we're just having a good time playing golf and seeing showing that anyone could have a good time playing golf and and that's really what we want to do just be able to like i said expose golf to people who weren't exposed to it um growing up and just so that they could see it's a it's a way for them to have fun or a way for them to you know, change their family's lives just like we did playing football it's so intimidating i think if you've not grown up around a golf course i mean i think in my 20s i my first job i went and everybody was a golfer and i was too scared to even go there and mess up like there's so much etiquette what you should wear right, how you right. should walk like you know there's so many it seems like there's so many rules so is that a big part of it is it the cost of playing golf it's, yeah it's it's a lot of things you mm -hmm. know one like you said it's I mean, growing up, you just didn't even think it was cool. It wasn't cool. like it was golf for me was just something I just put on TV on Sunday with my dad and fall asleep, you know. So it wasn't really anything that was even cool or um, attractive. But and also, like you said, just the rules, you know, wearing the polo, the expenses of buying clubs, all that stuff is stuff that we're trying to change. You know, and like I said, we're not trying to change the game of golf, but just grow the demand of golf and then mm. economics will take care of itself, you know. So um there's a lot of things that we still have planned, um, but right now I feel like we're in, still in the beginning stages. And um, like I said, it's, it's been uh, 
been received very well so far. So we're contractually obligated. We're really not. But I <laughs> want to ask you about your sister. Oh, all right? please do. Because please do. she is a WNBA player for Dallas still. WNBA right? superstar. 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 All right. So tell me about her a little bit now. Because she's, what, three years younger than you? Three years younger, yep. So okay. she uh, just finished her fourth year with the Dallas Wings. Um, Two-time All-Star, you know, former scoring champ. Um, NCAA champion, um, Final Four, most outstanding player, back-to-back buzzer beaters. So she's, uh, I call her the GOAT, just that, that's, I think I should change her name, my phone to GOAT. Um, but no, she's just one of the best athletes I've ever witnessed, and it's just, she gets to be my sister, so it's, it's special. So she went to Notre Dame, not Wisconsin. Was that controversial in the family at all? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> at the time, Wisconsin's women's basketball program, I don't, I don't, I don't think she would have uh, enjoyed it. So okay. uh, I had no problem with her picking to play with Muffin McGraw. So when did, yeah, Muffin McGraw, total legend. Exactly. Uh, when did you realize she was awesome at it? Like, when could she beat you? Oh, she couldn't beat me for a while. She couldn't okay. beat me for a while. Just, I mean, I was a basketball player, a good basketball player, too. Um, but I realized she was awesome when she got offered by UW-Green Bay in sixth grade. You know, Sixth so, grade. So she, um, so once that happened, I was like, okay, she, she she's probably, she probably is gonna do something with this. This is and then, serious. And then, um, <laughs> don't you she could do that on, that young? Exactly. So and then she grows up in uh, th- three-time Gatorade Player of the Year in high school. So, um, but I mean, like I, I always say, I mean, I knew she'd be good just because she was more talented than everyone and she worked harder than everyone, but. I never would have predicted probably to her to have the success she's had. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. What at what age did she reach her full height? Her height. I mean, she's, she's five. What? She's five eight. So she's a point guard. She's not the tallest girl out there. So she's five eight. Yeah, five so, eight. Yeah, okay. but five eight in I, I high thought, school. I thought she was close to six. Um, okay. Five eight in high school is, is up in there. Sixth grade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so well. yeah. No. So yeah, she. I I probably say she was done growing probably her senior year of high school junior year of high school mm-hmm. and um but she was just so much stronger than everyone too i mean she's just i mean just like i said she was a hard worker she liked to work out liked to lift weights and um yeah she was just stronger than everyone and then just more skilled than everyone um and that was the thing it was just kind of like is this kind of just one of those things she developed faster than all the other girls but i mean she got to college and she just kept being better than them so i was like i, I think this is the real deal all so. right so she Dar- was also on uh can i just also mention she was also on dancing with the stars i was gonna mention yeah. that oh she you were is that where you were yeah. going with that yeah did so how, you, did you watch did you every watch, episode oh, did you go moment? to it no i didn't go i didn't i don't for some i forgot what happened like something happened that i couldn't go but i watched them on tv so she was with she did Gleb. all right but- she did Savchenko, right. a professional Russian dancer. Yeah, she was with Gleb. Is so, it <laughs> with Gleb. So, <laughs> so how did she do? I mean, is she a good dancer? She's a good dancer, man. She, I mean, she's a good dancer. Um, so I'll I'll give her this excuse. So it was after junior year, and at the time they didn't have the whole NIL thing. So, um, she she had Ooh. to stay on campus and uh, go to class. And Gleb actually moved or stayed at Notre Dame for a month. And they were doing their training. Oh, because um, it's at, a benefit. Exactly, it would have uh, been a benefit for oh. her to be um, in LA. Um, so, and then also 
the whole voting aspect of it. She wasn't allowed to um, promote herself promote herself for votes. That's terrible. So because it would have been a benefit by the NCAA. How so, is that a benefit? It's just winning a competition exactly, as long as she doesn't so, collect any money. Exactly. And so she's was, just tweeting about herself. Yeah. Exactly. You so know who's was, promoting so her? Notre Dame's promoting her. How about that? Yeah, How about Dame that benefit? Exactly. Sorry, Dora. All right, I'm so fighting which, your battles for I, I gotta you. ask which which teammate would be good on Dancing with the Stars right now. Ooh, if you had to question. nominate one of your Texans teammates, not for star power necessarily, but for the sure. ability to Dancing dance well, skills Actual only. To dance. Um, I mean, besides myself, I would probably. <laughs> all right, so all right, let's go there. You you can do all those dances. I mean, they, oh, they yeah. do a lot of salsa and all that. I could do it all. How about Roy Lopez doing the salsa? Exactly. That's actually <laughs> probably who I was gonna say. Roy probably, or I'm trying to think of someone on offense who likes to dance mm -hmm. a lot. Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen. He's a, he's oh, really? A, he, he's a likes, he likes to dance a little bit in the locker room. I, I, <laughs> okay. I don't know how I feel like me saying this, but, yeah, I'll probably say Roy. Roy, he'll do well. He's got some good hips. I'll give Roy. So you and your sister both play sports. I, your parents did not play either of these sports, right? Your mom was softball? My mom was a softball player. My dad was a soccer player. So we, soccer. me and my sister okay. grew up playing soccer. Um, my sister played a little softball. I tried baseball. I was pretty bad. Um, but So, yeah, we, uh, we grew up playing soccer and then um, basketball kind of – became her thing and football became my thing but um yeah we we still followed in our dad's footsteps for a little bit with the soccer we we love soccer that's still our first love both of us so Do why not why not why didn't you pursue soccer how did you get out of soccer there's a bunch of stuff in high school I'll, I'll just bring it down to me being a immature 16 year old that quit soccer um because mm -hmm. i wanted to play football be play with my homies be football players with my homies but um like i said i mean soccer was my first love i was a pretty good soccer player um, i always wonder what would happen if i didn't quit um, but yeah, it was just immature. Quitting, uh, looking back on it, probably it worked out okay. Exactly, yeah, so it worked the for the best. Um, <laughs> at the time, my dad wasn't too happy uh, just because I didn't really have a good reason to quit. But um, worked out. Like I do said, do you have a good. soccer team you follow, root for MLS or Premier League or something like that? PSG was my team. I mean, mm -hmm. that was when Zlatan was there. So PSG was always my team. Now they got Messi, Neymar, and Bobby. So now it's kind of feel like cheering for the Warriors. But yeah. um, <laughs> back then, PSG was always my team just because Zlatan was my favorite player. So I'll still say Paris for sure. You enjoy watching it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. I, love, I love soccer, man. Love okay, soccer. good. I was, was going to say, can we ask about your dad? Your dad came over from Nigeria because yeah. I know – uh, earlier in the season, you guys got to wear the decals mm -hmm. on your helmets, yep, yep. and you wore Nigeria, yep, correct? Yep. All right, so what's that like, just with your dad coming from Nigeria? Growing up with an, with an well, your mom was from here, so, my mom was so you American, had one immigrant yep, parent. Exactly, I yeah. can relate to this. So mm -hmm. What was that like for you? It was cool, man. I mean, looking, it was my dad was strict. I mean, both of my parents were strict. My dad, he was a principal. My mom's a teacher. So, I mean, that wow. in itself was just a strict. But yeah, being being um, offspring of an immigrant was it was cool, you know, just. A lot of different things that people can't really relate to. I mean, I guess you can relate to, but just a different way of coming up and a different upbringing. So um, it's a blessing for sure just being able to have the mix of all those cultures. Like I said, my mom and my dad um, being from real different walks of life, but um, raising us the way they did it uh, is, is, is real special. Did your dad understand the game of football coming from Nigeria? Because I know my dad started, he had to start watching because everybody would talk about it at work. So, so he had to learn the rules himself. I really don't know how he learned it because even myself, when I was really, when I switched to football, I struggled to learn it. But my dad, um, grown, like when the Packers were in the Super Bowl um, in the 90s, my dad, he, he was the one that had to 
the surround sound with all the chords and the mm -hmm. big TV with the the, the huge, projection. The, exactly. So got into it real quick. Huh? He's the one that hosted the football, uh, the Super Bowl party, you know. So somehow my dad, he he just loved football right away, and um. All the all of his friends would come over to our house on Sundays to watch football. So I don't know how he got into it so quickly and how he learned it so quickly, but he's always been a big football fan. That, that was like my dad. I could not figure out how he learned it because in India they watched cricket. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. my dad hosted, it was the Bears and the Patriots. That's your bowl. And he's like, we are going to cheer for the Bears because Chicago is the closest to Indianapolis. So he would just geographically cheer for the closest team. Love it. But just it's just funny how people around the world can just have this appreciation for NFL football, when we think of it as such an American sport. Right, for sure. I mean, you see this weekend in Germany, it was right. crazy. I mean, that was the most crazy thing I've ever seen um, at a football game. And so, yeah, it's a perfect example of it. Yeah, my dad somehow just loved football and um, learned it right away. So it was pretty cool. Very nice. Dari, we really appreciate the time. Great to visit with you. We could spend three hours with you. Easily. Thanks so much for joining us. No doubt. Appreciate you guys for having me. All right, that's going to do it for the Texans Players Show tonight. Dari Agunbuale, great to visit with him. Texans All Access on the way with Texans Matchup later. Have a great night. Go Texans.